Welcome to the Grace College Podcast, a ministry of Grace Bible Church located in College Station, Texas. We desire to impact students who will impact the world for Christ. Hope you enjoy the talk and hang around for more after. Well, good morning. It is, let y'all take a seat. It's great for me to be here. I'm glad to be here, I guess. It's a better way to put that. I was here a couple weeks ago. I did announcements, but I really didn't have a chance to properly introduce myself. So um, I'll do that now. My name is Marty Scott. And uh, probably the most important thing about me is I have a family. Uh, So this is at Country Fair. We don't usually dress, well, we do, a lot of us usually dress like this. This is us at Country Fair. That's my wife, Andrea. She's the the you-can-do-it woman from the World War II posters. Anyhow, and, uh, and then that's Andrew, Jonah, and Bennett, and uh, it's exciting times at the Scott House because we dress up as superheroes a lot, and then we climb onto furniture and jump off and pretend we're Superman and uh, Batman and get hurt and things like that, so it's a lot of fun, but that's my family. Uh, I am one of the college pastors here. I oversee uh, college missions, college small groups, a bunch of other things with the college ministry. I've been doing that for three and a half years. Here And then uh, something interesting is Southwood opened up in 2009, and I had the privilege of being one of the first college interns here. So there's always been a big place in my heart for Southwood um, and the college ministry here because I got to see it um, start back in 2009. And so I love it here. I love the people here. Uh, It's been fun working with Kevin for a year. Y'all have some great uh, some great leaders, some great table leaders. Rob usually is up here doing worship. It's been fun getting to know him for the year. An interesting story about Rob actually is every year in, May, in March, May, we send all of our summer projects overseas. Uh, so we, we have this thing called a summer missions briefing in Dallas, and all of our teams come together, and then we send them all off. And I asked Rob to lead worship at our, uh, at our briefing this last summer. And so Rob came up, and when he got there, he showed up, and he had a key around his neck. So some of you, uh, y'all have seen Rob up here, and he might have had the key then. He had this key around his neck. And so I was like, Rob, uh, have you had trouble, you know, like losing your key that you have to wear it around your neck now? And if you know Rob, you can kind of hear him say, he was like, no, man, it's this thing. It's this thing that we do. And I was like, all right, Rob. People are laughing because they know Rob would say that. So I asked him to explain this, this thing that he was doing. And, uh, and he was begun, began telling me about these the giving keys. And they're these keys that you can buy for $40 to $50. And they have inscribed on them a word like love or create or brave. And the idea is that you buy this for someone and you give this to them. And they wear it. And in some ways, it's supposed to empower them or inspire them to love or be bold or create or um, something like that. And, uh, and then once you've, I guess, been adequately inspired, you pass that on to someone else. So my first question for Rob was simply, Rob, why wouldn't you just go to Walmart, buy a key for $2, and then write on it with a, with a Sharpie, you know, like love, and give that to someone and save 40 bucks? Um, but my next question was, who do you plan on giving it to? Like, when and who do you plan on giving this key to? And Rob kind of sheepishly looked at me, and he was just like, well, actually, I really like my key. Uh, I think I'm actually going to keep it. And I was like, man, like from what you just told me, that's not necessarily what we're supposed to be doing with this key, right? And, uh, and he was just kind of like, well, you, you, we'll see, we'll see, you know? Um, and again, if, you, if Rob were up here, he would have the key around his neck. And I've asked Rob to share that story, permission to share that story. So when I think about these keys, uh, it reminds me, and it makes me think a lot of the gospel, 
a lot of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because if you are in here, for most of us, at some point in your life, somebody has shared the gospel with you. Somebody has come to you and told you about Jesus and what he did on the cross. They've come to you, and uh, whether it was your parents, it might have been your Sunday school or church growing up, a D-Now camp, might have been when you were a student through breakaway or impact or a friend. At some point, somebody has given you the gift of the gospel. And that gospel has begun to transform who you are. It has begun to change you to make you more like Christ. But if the gospel is fully transforming you, if the gospel is fully working on you, then it shouldn't just stop there, but it should move out from you. If your gospel isn't moving from you after it begins to transform you, then I would, I would say that your gospel is in some ways incomplete. Because the gospel, um, it is meant to save you. It is meant to draw you out of darkness and into light so that you can then be a light in darkness. That is the purpose of the gospel in your life. And so if you desire, if you want to be a full, complete disciple of Christ, if you want the gospel's effect in your life to take full effect, then part of that has to be not just letting the gospel settle on us and change us, but then making it known to the world, going out and being a light in the darkness. This morning, we are going to, in some ways, be looking at the Bible. Uh, That is the text we will be looking at because uh, that is a theme throughout all of Scripture. For all of history, God's people have been saved in order to make him known. But we're going to start this morning at Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Uh, We're going to be flipping a lot, so I'll keep all of the Scripture up here as we go. But if you want to turn there in your Bible, Matthew 28, 18 through 20 says, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the ends of the earth. If you have ever heard a mission sermon, uh, my guess is you've heard these verses preached on. Um, It is quite simply Jesus's command for us to go and make disciples of all nations. We are called to go forward. We are called to take the gospel outward. And so this morning, I want to focus on a a couple points as I've been studying this verse, a couple points that have in some ways stood out to me. The first point is this, um, that Jesus has set the example for us to go. Jesus isn't calling us to do something he hasn't done. He's calling us to follow after him. Jesus is calling us to become more like Christ by going. We see this in uh, Philippians 2, 5 through 8. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men. Being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross." These verses can be kind of confusing, but essentially what it's saying is that at one point, Jesus lived and existed in perfect fellowship with the Father in heaven. 
And for all of us as believers, I, I know we set heaven as we're excited about being there. This is our goal. And yet he was there and he looked down and he saw the pain and the need and the brokenness and the sinfulness of humanity. And the father sent him to come down to us to rescue us. Jesus Christ left that which was comfortable and he came to earth to become a baby, to grow up, to live a perfect life, to go to the cross and die in order to rescue us. He saw the need and then he stepped in and he intentionally met that need and rescued us. He saw the darkness and we see in John 1 that he was the light that entered into the darkness. And so now my guess is if I were asking you, why do you come to church? You would say, I come to church so that I can become more like Christ, right? I want to grow in Christ's likeness. And here's the thing. If we're wanting to grow like Christ, that has to include going. That has to include taking the gospel outward to those who need to hear it. For most of you, uh, if you're like me, you can look back at a time in your life where you can remember just incredible growth. For me, my sophomore year was a time where I grew uh, in leaps and bounds. It was uh, probably the year of my life that transformed me into who I am. But when I think about that year, I can look back to my freshman year and see specific things that happened that really were catalytic to my growth as a sophomore. Like a lot of people, I came in as a freshman uh, with one purpose, and that was to have fun. Um, I just really, really wanted to have fun for my four years in college. I also kind of wanted to make good grades, but it wasn't a high priority because I didn't. Um, I really just wanted to have fun. And I was in a Bible study at Grace, and I was, I was kind of, I was studying the Word some, and I was in a little bit of community, and, and I was trying to read the Word every day, but I wasn't really doing a great job of it um, because, again, I was engaged in fun. And so even at the end of my fall semester, I stopped and I thought, man, who has the most fun on campus? And I remembered back to being uh, uh, incoming freshman in fish camp. And I remember sitting there at fish camp being like, this is kind of fun. But the people on stage are having a lot of fun. And so at the end of my fall semester, I decided the people having the most fun are the fish camp counselors. So I'm going to become a fish camp counselor. And so I joined fish camp. And, and I did fish camp. And, and if you've been in fish camp or a counselor or even an impact counselor, you know that those people become some of your best friends. You spend a ton of time with them. You become really close. And so we started doing all kinds of things together, including going to Breakaway together. And so at the end of my freshman year, Greg Mott stood up at Breakaway. He used to lead Breakaway. Uh, and he said, if you have trusted Christ this semester, I want you to stand up. I want us to praise God for the things that he's done um, for the people that have trusted Christ this semester. And one of my co-counselors in that moment stood up. And I was shocked because the reality was I had no clue that he had trusted Christ that semester. I had no clue that he wasn't a believer at some point in the semester. And so when he stood up at first, I was like, man, way to go, Marty. You got him here. Um, but then I realized I, in actuality, I had nothing to do with him being there. Um, I just kind of lucked into being the guy in the seat next to him for the most part. But in that moment, I realized something, that I was in this ministry and I was in this area where people had a need and I wasn't doing anything about it. I was just having fun. And so in that moment, when I saw him stand up, I decided I want to be intentional about what I'm doing next year. I want to intentionally engage in fish camp in a way that I can be a light in the darkness, in the way that I can bring the gospel to those that need it. 
And so I decided that my sophomore year, I would, I would do fish camp again, except this time with a purposeful, intentional mindset of taking the gospel to those who needed to hear it. I also decided that year that I would uh, jump into leadership with Grace Bible Church, so that I would have people around me training me and raising me up and holding me accountable and praying for me that I would be a light in the darkness. And so there are these two decisions at the end of my freshman year. One, to be in community that's going to hold me accountable and pray for me to be a light in the darkness and to engage the lost. And two, to intentionally look and see where is the need on my campus and then to go and be a light in that organization. And that's why I joined Fish Camp. And those two decisions were catalytic to the incredible growth that I experienced my sophomore year. It's because, again, if you are wanting to be like Christ, Part of being like Christ, part of growing in Christ's likeness is making the gospel known, is going out and proclaiming who Jesus is to the world, just like he did for us. Jesus here, um, again, he's not calling us to do something he hasn't done already. He's calling us to follow in his footsteps of going and bringing the good news to those who need to hear it. But my second point is this. This isn't just a new command from Jesus either. The command to go and make disciples that Jesus is commanding to to do as an example from him is also what's been called for God's people for all of history. For all of history, God's people have been called to come to God, be transformed, and then to go out and represent him to the world. We see this all the way back, God engaging his people to then go all the way back in Genesis 12. We see the calling of Israel, or the calling of Abraham to form Israel here. In Genesis 12, it says, And I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great. And so you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Here God is raising up Abraham, who will eventually, uh, his family will become the nation of Israel. And he's doing so not just to have his own people. He doesn't just want this nation of Israel to, to kind of be my people. He's wanting to raise up this nation of Israel so that they can go out and the other nations surrounding them can see and know God. That was the purpose of the nation of Israel. That is why they were called to be holy That is why they were called to be distinct. It wasn't just for the sake of being holy. He wanted them to be different so that the surrounding nations would see Israel and they would wonder, who is their God? They would see the crazy things that they were doing, sacrificing their first fruits and giving those things up. They would see them, you know, at Passover, getting rid of all the leaven. They would see them um, every seven years, not tilling the land, And then they would see that their crops still came. They would see that they were still provided food. They would see that they were doing these crazy things and yet they were still blessed. And the other nations would look at that and say, who is their God that these things keep happening? That was the purpose of Israel. Again, we see this in Psalm 67. God, be gracious to us and bless us and cause your face to shine upon us so that your way be made known on the earth, your salvation among all nations. God blesses us that all the ends of the earth may fear him. God created Israel. He made Israel his people so that they could 
then make him known to all the earth so that all the earth would fear him. That was the calling. That was the purpose of Israel. And the reality is, for the most part, they, they kind of blew it. Um, there were moments when they were pretty good representatives of God to the nations. Um, but, but overall, they continually failed to live holy as a nation so that the other nations around him would come to know him. And now it is the church's turn. Now it is our turn to be those people who are brought here that are saved, who are being sanctified for the purpose of making God known to the nations. We, um, again, we have been brought out of darkness and into light. We've been made God's people so that we can go and be lights to the nations. In 1 Peter 2.9, it says, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. You have been made his people. We have been made his people in order to proclaim him. That is why you are here, in order to proclaim him. And so we can come back and we can step back to Matthew 28 and we can see why Jesus commissions us to do this because God's people are called to make him known. So your commissioning is this. The church's commissioning is this. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them and teaching them to go. Later in Acts 1.8, we see this again. He says, the Holy Spirit will come down on you we all have received that same Holy Spirit and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest parts of the earth. The calling of the church who has received the gospel is to be transformed and then to take that gospel outward. So the question you have to ask yourself then is, what do I do? How do I actually do this. And when people ask me this, I simply tell them this, look for the opportunities that God has put in your life. And the last point is this, God's oppor- what are the opportunities, what are his opportunities for the gospel to go out from you? For all of us, we have been placed in a unique spot, in a unique time with unique opportunities to make him known. There are things that you can do that your table group leaders cannot do. I cannot go onto campus and go into a class and sit down next to a stranger and begin to get to know him for the sake of um, having spiritual conversations and sharing the gospel with him. That would be weird. It would be creepy if you saw me doing that. Um, I can't, like 10 years ago, when I made the decision to join fish camp, when I intentionally and purposefully did fish camp for the sake of the gospel, I can't do that again. Um, I can't join fish camp. I can't look at organizations that have a need on campus and then engage in those organizations. But you can. You have been placed in a unique time on a unique campus in a community and you've been given opportunities. So what are those opportunities? Who and what are those opportunities that you have to intentionally engage in people with the gospel? Who are you going to be a light to that's living in darkness? Where is the need in your campus, in your community that you can step into to be that light? 
this, uh, this Thursday, we are going as a, as a college ministry, we're going to be on campus Thursday from 2 o'clock to 4 o'clock. We're actually there every Thursday from 2 to 4, and we go into campus in order to share the gospel. Um, so every Thursday we go, we're trained on how, different ways to share the gospel, and then we go and, and we meet students and we build relationships for the sake of sharing the gospel. But this Thursday, we're inviting all of us to come to the academic plaza from 2 to 4, and we're going to have snow cones in November and, uh, and it's going to be awesome. We're going to have games and snow cones, and we're just going to be building relationships. We're just going to be there so that we can be a light on the campus, so that we can meet people, um, and so that we can uh, begin to help you think through, how can I be sharing the gospel with the people that I'm engaged with on campus? What groups can I be a light to? That's this Thursday from 2 to 4. But if that's our Jerusalem, then we also need to be thinking, what is the farthest remote ends of the earth. So the next question is, what opportunities do you have to take the gospel to the nations? Every summer, we send teams uh, for six weeks, uh, three to six weeks to North Africa, Muslim North Africa. We send them to East Asia. We send them to Greece, and we send them to Kansas City. And we send them for six weeks in order to go to college campuses, go to communities, and share the gospel with those who have never heard it. We send them to go and be lights in dark places. And here's the thing. Uh, If you talk to your table group leaders and ask them uh, whether or not they have the opportunity to go for six weeks overseas, uh, they're just going to kind of chuckle and laugh. Uh, We can't, adults, adults, you're adults. Uh, Once you have graduated from college and you have a full-time job and a career and a family and things like that, It is really hard to get up and leave for six weeks to go and do something like that. But you, as students, have a unique opportunity where, for the most part, you have summers off. And so if you're sitting here thinking through, what should I do with my summer, this coming summer? I would challenge you to pray through what it would look like to accept the opportunity for you to go and make Christ known in North Africa to Muslim students in East Asia, in Greece, in Kansas City, what would it look like for you to go and be a part of what God is doing all over the world this summer? For some of you, you don't have that opportunity. You're either gonna, you have to take classes, you have to get a job, something like that. Um, and so if, if that's the case, there are other opportunities for you to participate in what God's doing in the nations. Um, you can be praying for the people that are going. You're gonna hear for the next six months all about our trips, and we're going to have people talking about going. You have the opportunity to pray for them. You also have the opportunity to give. Um, You can can help support people that are going. But how are you going to intentionally engage in what God is doing all over the world? If you're graduating, uh, if you're graduating, again, you have another opportunity. Um, We send people for one to two years to all of our locations, and also Stockholm, to be able to, uh, to learn the culture, to be able to learn the language in order to meet with people and build these relationships and start movements on college campuses across the world. And it's this opportunity, again, um, for one to two years after you graduate that um, for most people, they, they don't have that opportunity once you have a mortgage and um, once you have jobs and kids and things like that. It becomes significantly more difficult to pack everything up and go for an extended period of time overseas. But if you're graduating this summer, you have this unique opportunity to do that. 
So over the next week, um, we are going to begin to talk more and more about what these opportunities are. On Thursday night, we are going to have a uh, missions worship night at uh, Anderson Campus in the College Auditorium where we're going to praise God. We're going to hear um, about all the different things that he's been doing at our different partnership locations across the globe. Um, And we're going to just spend some time worshiping him for the amazing things he's doing. And then next Sunday... um, Next Sunday, after the service, we're going to have a missions informational lunch. And so that's going to be a lunch where we're going to be able to talk through what it would look like to go short-term or long-term, um, whether it's with us or with someone else. We want to help, help those of you that are thinking at all about going to think through what it would look like to go. And so we're going to have a lunch next, next Sunday afterwards um, where you can hear more information about the missions, about what we're doing overseas. We, uh, we as a church have been given the gift of the gospel. Um, it has been transforming. I've seen it transforming our lives. Um, but if you've received that gift, we are called to then go and make it known to others. Who are you intentionally engaged with? Who are you praying about that you can have a purposeful ministry to, whether it's in organizations on campus or all over the world. That's the example that Jesus Christ has given us, and that's what the church has been called to do, to go and make disciples. Pray with me. Father, we thank you for this morning um, that we can worship you with the body of Christ, that we can um, come and uh, be in community at these tables. Lord, I pray that... um, that you would transform us with the gospel, that it would affect our lives, um, and that it would begin to make us more like Christ. And that as it does so, that it would motivate and guide us and direct us to then go forward, to go outward and make you known. Father, I pray that we would be lights in dark places. I pray that we would, um, that you would guide, um, guide us and give us wisdom and guidance as to where to go, to who to go to whether it's on campus, whether it's in our community to those who have needs, or whether it's, um, whether it's to the other ends of the earth, God. Um, guide us and give us wisdom with where to go and how to go. Father, we love you, and it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Hello, welcome to the Grace College Podcast. My name is Jacob Smith. And I'm Kevin Barra. And we are here to give a a little bit of background into the sermons and a little bit of details as to what's coming up in our ministries. Yeah, so in terms of sermon background, uh, well, neither of us actually spoke yesterday. We didn't. <laughs> well, we did. We spoke in on different stages. So That's right. That's Kevin right. was at Southwood, Maine. I was at actually at Anderson, Maine. So talking on, or I, I did an old talk, but Kevin rolled out something brand spanking new, which I'm sure was great, talking about the cycles of life. Uh, we but we 
were stepping away from college intentionally because we were creating space to talk about missions. We we right. we have now begun Go Missions Week. It's uh, here, people. It's it here. here. We're going, <laughs> uh, and it is. It's it's kicked off well. I, I'm really excited. We had Marty Scott and Chris, uh, two staff members here at Grace, were speaking on missions because that's what they're both deeply and intimately involved with. That's right. We and, brought in some ringers to really yeah, pinch hitters, and we're bringing them in again yeah, next Sunday. So. So they spoke at Southwind Anderson, and they're flip-flopping for this next week, right. uh, doing the same thing with a new crowd. Uh, and, man, it, it's it's really exciting to just hear their passion for missions. And not only that, but the opportunities that they're putting forward for our students, for the people in our midst. Man, these are ways that we can get involved in missions. So we have a few this week, starting on Thursday. That's right. So... Uh, What's great about uh, th- this moment is that it's fun to hear from someone that bleeds for something. And yeah. both Marty and Chris just bleed missions. That's and true. so just as part of Go Missions Week, there's three things that we have on uh, – or two things we have on Thursday and one thing we have on Sunday we'd yeah. love for you to be part of. One is uh, on Texas A&M campus from 2 to 4 this coming Thursday, 17th. November 17th. Yeah. We are going to basically be giving out snow cones, but also connecting with students and telling them about some the the missions opportunities we have uh, this break. So if you're going to come on Thursday, two to four, anytime two to four, Academic Plaza. You know we we've got staff on campus actually every Thursday afternoon in campus EV, like meeting, making connections, uh, trying to set up appointments, have spiritual conversations with students outside of their circle. Uh, we do this every single week. Yeah. Uh, staff, leaders. And so we're, this is just sort of an extension of that of, hey, everyone can come. It's an easy access. You don't even, we're not like going out and, you know, having these super intense conversations. Like we're going to have snow, like we'll have an easy opportunity to show up, to have conversations, to meet people, make connections. So eat snow guns, eat, play spike ball. Yeah. It will be a be very, fun. very fun time. It'll be fun. Yeah. Just a glimpse into what does it look like to move on a campus with a purpose, yeah. whether it's here at A&M or whether it's overseas next summer for example. Wink, wink. That's awesome. Yeah. And then so Thursday evening um, from 7 to 9 over at our Anderson campus in the college auditorium at our Anderson campus, we're going to have a a worship night, worship and prayer night for missions. And it's just, it's a powerful, powerful time for students to get together and be praying for the nations. And so encourage you to come out to that this Thursday night at 7 o'clock. And then the final thing for Go Missions Week is actually a informational lunch after our services on Sunday, there will be uh, a meal as well as an opportunity to hear from different missionaries across uh, our campuses. Yeah, so we've got four locations that we directly partner with every single summer, uh, three of them overseas, one of them here domestically. And so we'll have people that have been on those trips. We'll have the people that are leading those trips, uh, and all of them will be kind of giving guided discussion, answering questions about, man, what does it look like to go to Greece? What does it look like to go to Kansas City? Like, what what would that entail uh, for, you know, for our students to go and participate in next summer? How do they, you know, get involved in God's mission in that way? So, yeah, like Kevin said, it'll start right after the 11 o'clock services. So, you know, 12, 15, 12, 30. Uh, and it's, it's, it's an incredible... Even if you're not, even if you're on the fence, even if you're thinking, even if you're leaning towards like, ah, I've got this internship lined up, da, da, da. man, we would love for you to still come and just hear. We would love to give you some food and you just listen to what God's doing uh, across oceans, you know, like right. just seeing what God's doing in the world. It's it's an incredibly powerful um, just glimpse into 
how great our God really is. So that's next Sunday, uh, November 20th. So excited about Go Missions Week. It has been a really, really fun thing planning this out and, and getting the people around it. So hopefully we'll see you there. See you Thursday. See you Sunday. Have a great week. So long.